When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I'm so excited to be joined by one of my favorite guests, Rachel Birchfield. Thank you so much for coming back. Oh my gosh, this is such an honor. I just want to come back all the time. Anytime you ask me, I'm going to say yes. Uh, Everyone loved hearing from you in the last episode. I got so many comments. I still get comments about how great that episode was. So I just love you and love having you here for sure. Can I tell you something? Since I recorded that episode, I actually have been to Cumberland Island where Carolyn and JFK Jr. were married. And it is worth the trip, everyone. Is it? Oh, yes. Go stay at the Grayfield Inn. That's where they had their rehearsal dinner and their reception. I got the chance to stay there. And then we went out. It was so wild. I know we're not here to talk about this today, but we took a a four hour round trip back at the bed of the truck, truck ride out to the chapel where they got married. And Allison, it is so tiny. Like you think it's tiny because you've seen it in photos and it's, it's tiny, but it's even tinier than you think it is in person. It is an eight pew church. It is magical. I recommend Allison, you got you in particular have to make. I that have happen. to go. That would be so magical. Yeah, yes, I want to go. It was wonderful. Go. It was wonderful. So that's been that's what's been going on with me since I talked to you last, uh, along with tons of other things. As I'm sure you know, both of us have been incredibly busy. But yeah, that's my big Kennedy news oh, for the past oh, few months. That sounds absolutely amazing. It, just in case someone's new here and they have not listened to the past episode with you, which they need to go back and do anyway. But just in case, give a little like who you are, what you do for everybody. Yeah. So I am a writer. I'm an editor. I'm a podcaster as well. Um, I have two podcasts. One of them is Podcast Royal, which is about the British royal family and royal families around the world. My second podcast, I don't even know if I'd started that when I talked to you last, but it's called I'd Rather Be Reading about the best nonfiction books that are coming out these days. And I do some throwback picks in there as well. We had um, Susan Ronald on there talking about- yeah. um, talking about Joe Kennedy. So that was interesting. And um, then I'm also a writer. I've been, uh, writ- I've written everywhere from Vogue, Vanity Fair, Elle, People, such a blessed career. And I love talking about the Kennedys. One of my favorite stories I wrote in 2021 was actually about Carolyn. I wrote about Carolyn's wedding dress because, you know, their 25th anniversary, wedding anniversary was in September of last year. And it was in Vanity Fair. And I actually ended up on the Today Show for that article. So that was just so much fun. You know, I'm obsessed with Carolyn. So, um, and I'm so glad that your listeners are as well, because she's my favorite. You're the coolest. Like, can I be <laughs> well, you? I think you're the coolest. <laughs> oh, so. Stop. You know, you're Mutual awesome. admiration society over here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So you were talking to me about how you wanted to come on and talk about Jackie's wedding dress and the story behind it, because aren't you yes. from where the designer's from or something like that? Yes. Yes. So I live in Birmingham, Alabama, and the designer, Ann Lowe, who I'm about to talk about, was born in rural Clayton, Alabama, and did a lot of her early work in Montgomery. So do you just want me to dive right on in? I'm ready for it. Go for it. 
Okay. Well, this is, this is such an exciting story for me to be able to tell. So thank you for allowing me to do that. But, you know, one of the hallmarks of my career is telling the stories of compelling women. And of course, Jackie Kennedy is compelling, but I really want to talk today about the designer of her wedding dress, a name many of you have probably never heard of, Anne Lowe. I want her name to be well-known and recognized too, because she, in my opinion, anyway, was a genius. So she was the first African-American to become a noted fashion designer. Her bespoke designs were beloved amongst high society from the 1920s to the 1960s, which of course, if you know, when Jackie and Jack were married in 1953, that falls right in the middle of that. Perhaps her most famous creation though, is that ivory silk taffeta wedding gown of Jacqueline Bouvier when she married John F. Kennedy on September 12th, 1953. I'm sure all of your listeners can conjure up an image of that gorgeous dress, which actually Jackie did not like, by the way, in her mind. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but think about that dress in your mind right now. So I live, as I said a moment ago, in Birmingham, Alabama. Anne was born in rural Clayton, Alabama in 1898, and she dropped out of school at 14. So dressmaking ran in Anne's blood. Both her mother and her grandmother were seamstresses, and their dressmaking business was frequented by the high society families of Montgomery, which is the capital of Alabama, for those that may not know. So Anne, who always had a knack for fashion and sewing and designing, took over the family business when her mother died when Anne was just 16. So keep in mind the time period in which we find an African-American female entrepreneur in Alabama, no less. Anne's career was an unabashed priority for her. I kind of love this. She le- well, I don't love that she left her first marriage, but she left her first marriage to a gentleman by the name of Lee Cohen because he opposed her having a career. Talk about an early feminist, right? And yeah. then Anne later said of her second husband, Caleb West, my second husband left me. He said he wanted a real wife, not one who was forever jumping out of bed to sketch dresses. So her career was definitely her passion her purpose, and her priority. So in 1917, Anne moved to New York City. She enrolled at S.T. Taylor Design School, which was segregated. And as such, Anne attended classes in a room alone, all by herself. But despite this, Anne was so much more talented than her other classmates. She was heralded always as the example and best in class, even though she couldn't even be in the same room as her classmates. So she opened her first dress salon in 1920, and in 1946, jumping ahead a bit, she designed the dress that Olivia de Havilland wore to accept the Best Actress Oscar for To Each His Own, although the name on the dress was Sonia Rosenberg. This, unfortunately, would not be the last time Anne didn't get credit for her work. In fact, this problem was so pervasive that Anne opened a second salon with her name on it, Anne Lowe's Gowns, in New York City on Lexington Avenue in 1950. Her one-of-a-kind designs made from the finest fabrics attracted many wealthy, high-society clients, and she herself admitted that these women were her chosen demographic. She designed for Rockefeller women, Roosevelt women, DuPont, Post, Auchincloss women, including the wedding dress of Janet Lee Auchincloss to Hugh D. Auchincloss in 1942. Of course, listeners might recognize that name. Janet is Jackie's mother. So Janet then hired Anne to design Jackie's wedding dress in 1953, as well as those of her bridal attendants. So let's talk about that glorious dress for a moment. 
Can you picture it in your mind, Allison? Of course I can. And I love it. I've always thought it was so funny that she hated it so much, but I love it. She hated it. She hated it. She thought, it, I think her exact words were, she thought it looked like a lampshade. But so picturing the dress, Jackie's dress was made of 50 yards of ivory silk taffeta with interwoven bands of tucking forming the bodice and similar tucking in large circular designs swept around the full skirt. So, okay, this is, can you even imagine this? Just as Anne was finishing the dress 10 days before the wedding, Anne's studio flooded. She lost everything. Anne and her team worked around the clock to recreate the dress, and Anne never mentioned the incident to the Bouvier Aachen classes and had to completely eat the cost of the recreation herself. She made no money from this. And in addition to Jackie's wedding dress, nine of the pink taffeta bridesmaid dresses were lost as well. Anne and her staff took the eight weeks they'd been working on the wardrobe and recreated the whole thing in just eight days. Oh my God. But they did it. They pulled it off. But then, so Anne shows up to Newport, Rhode Island, which is the site of the wedding to hand deliver the gowns. A staffer told her to enter through the service entrance in the back because she was African-American. Anne was feisty. So she, you know what she said? She said, I'll just take the dresses back if she had to use the back door. And she walked right on in the front door. I love Anne That is Lowe. incredible. Yes. This is in 1953. So the dress cost around $700 in 1953. But it is estimated that Anne lost $2,200 on the project because of the flood. And you'd think, okay, well, at least she got to be recognized for designing Jackie's dress. She probably made that up. No, she never was given credit for it. But we'll talk about that in a second. So the portrait neckline and huge round skirt of the gown were accented by a lace veil that belonged to Jackie's grandmother. A lace and orange blossom tiara tied the veil to Jackie's hair. Her bridal bouquet was made of white and pink gardenias and orchids, and her minimal jewelry carried significance. Her single-strand pearls were a family heirloom. She wore a diamond pin from her parents and a diamond bracelet from her groom, JFK. And as ever, Anne did not receive public credit for designing this iconic gown until after JFK's assassination 10 years later, despite the dress receiving significant press coverage at the time. So in 1964, the Saturday Evening Post called Anne Society's Best Kept Secret. Of course, by now, it had come out that uh, Anne was the designer of Jackie's dress. And so, of course, she really was Society's Best Kept Secret. That was a 10-year secret. But Anne's reticence to seek the spotlight didn't always work in her favor. Anne admitted that even at the height of her career, she was virtually broke. And she died in 1981 at the age of 82. So today, five of Anne's designs are held at the Costume Institute at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Three are on display at the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture. And as we talked about, though, Jackie's wedding dress is one of the most remembered wedding dresses of all time. It reflected the Kennedy's wishes, specifically Joe Kennedy's wishes for a very traditional design. Jackie herself wanted a simple dress with firm lines to accentuate her tall, slim figure. 
She didn't like her own wedding dress. She later told friends she didn't like the portrait neckline because it accentuated her small bust. She also, as I said a moment ago, said this skirt looked like a lampshade. But me personally, I love the dress. And, and we're not alone. The gown remains one of the most beloved of all time, including by me. It's one of my top 10 wedding dresses of all time ever. And, you know, as, as we wrap up talking about Anne Lowe, it's a, it's a name I want all of your listeners to remember because she deserves her place in history. I'll close with some words from Nancy Davis, who is the curator emeritus for the National Museum of American History. Everything is so perfect, and she didn't charge enough for the cost of the fabrics or the handiwork that went into them. Sewing was her lifeblood. It was her gift, but also her being. She just wanted to sew. She just wanted to make beautiful dresses that gave her clients joy. So now, if nothing else this week, I hope you have learned a new name, unless you are one of the few that already knew the name of Ann Lowe, a fellow Alabamian and someone that I am so proud to talk about today. That is so amazing. What a remarkable human being. Like, that's incredible. Yes. I and can't she imagine. Never credit. She never wanted the credit, but um, she does deserve it. And she yeah. definitely did not get her wrote her proverbial roses during her life. But I'm glad that we on this podcast can give her some of that credit today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and with the listeners and everything. I, I love knowing that story. And yeah, now I just want to go look at all of her dresses. <laughs> and she is so talented. I mean, she and, and she said, I don't want to design for the every woman. I want to design for the wealthy clientele. Like me, I would never, as a middle-class person, would never have fit into her demographic. She wanted the Auchincloss. She wanted the Kennedy. She wanted the Roosevelt's and the Rockefellers. And she got them because she, she was so talented. And, you know, I just, I, I'm really passionate about talking about women's stories and women who move history and make a difference. And um, obviously, you know, we remember Jackie's dress, but I want you to remember the name Anne Lowe as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I have a question for you. Given the times, which one is your favorite dress? Is it Carolyn's or Jackie's? I would, if if I were picking my wedding dress, I would pick Jackie's because I can't, first of all, I just I cannot pull off Carolyn's. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Carolyn literally might be the only being on the face of the earth that can pull off yeah. that dress. It's, it's so, so just made for her. It was yeah, amazing. So, what's so funny as you say that is actually Jackie wanted a dress more similar to Carolyn's. And I didn't even really put that together until you just brought that up. So thank you for asking the question. But Jackie, you would have much preferred a dress like Carolyn's. Mm -hmm. And, um, and another thing about Carolyn's dress, when I went to, uh, the first African Baptist church on Cumberland Island, where they got married to think of Carolyn wearing anything other than that dress down that aisle, like to think of her wearing Jackie's dress down that aisle would be comical. She couldn't fit. I mean, the, the aisle is so thin. So not only did that dress really just work for her aesthetic and work for her body type, but it also really worked for the location where she got married because, there that first of all the aesthetic of Jackie's dress would never have worked also practically she she could not have fit down the aisle and so so to answer your question I think Jackie's dress is iconic I think it's um just so classic and traditional and that's really kind of more my aesthetic but it's it's so interesting that you just brought that up because I think that Jackie would have more preferred a style like Karen's. well that's kind of what I thought when you said when you were explaining what Jackie wanted I was thinking oh that sounds like Carolyn's dress so that's that's so right. funny there are You're so right. many sim similarities and parallels between the two of them I feel like 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, just go have, listeners. I'd love it. If you check out the vanity fair piece I wrote on Carolyn's dress, I got a lot of fashion experts to, to comment on the dress and how groundbreaking it was for the time, because it, in that time in 1996, I mean, we, the, the dress is so much more common. Now we see it on in every bridal store, a replica of it. But in that time, the aesthetic was still princess Diana and her, her, insane poofy you know mm-hmm. over the top princess dress and and um carolyn really broke the mold with her wedding dress and um it's just so funny that uh joe kennedy was really kind of the puppet master behind this wedding and he really wanted jackie's dress to be more traditional and um it, i think it's interesting that Anne designed janet's dress and it's just it's the whole it's story and so every every garment has a story especially a, a, a really important garment like a wedding dress and joe kennedy a puppet master no way what? What? <laughs> That's unheard That's of <laughs> i love it he's so laissez-faire and hands-off what are i you know <laughs> if you're following me on uh instagram at kennedy dynasty i will be linking that article to the vanity fair directly so that everybody can go read it for sure. Let everybody know because you have one of my favorite podcasts. So let everybody know where to find you and to listen to everything and all the things. Well, you have one of my favorite podcasts and to Thank have you. a second appearance on here is such an honor. So um, we, you can find us at Podcast Royal and um, we're on Instagram at Podcast Royal as well. Um, the the book podcast is I'd Rather Be Reading and, um, you know, go to rachelbirchfield.com for all of the articles. I write a lot about the British royal family, a little bit about the Kennedys, a little bit about uh, fashion beauty. Just come hang out with me and, uh, and definitely join us with podcast. Royal because we have we have a lot of fun and we never run out of things to talk about on oh, the podcast. No, it's so good, y'all. You have to listen. Well, thank you so much again, Rachel. And I'm sure I'll have you back sometime soon because you're one I'm, of my favorites. I'm ready, ready, willing, and able to come back anytime. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you rate it five stars and write a positive written review if you enjoyed the episode. And I will talk to you guys next week. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling along. Up for Kennedy. Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greeny. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be 100% sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but, you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, (laughs) maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the guilty green. There's your first challenge of the week. Avoid (laughs) elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. That's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green.